Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast as football season nears an end. That's right. I can't believe this, guys. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills Gilbert, and two dogs in a studio in my house. Very, very professional sounding. The dogs particularly add a lot to this podcast. You know what does add to this podcast is fridge wholesale liquor. Get into the fridge. Make sure you stop by there. It's a big game weekend. You got the 430 kick. You're probably going to need ingredients for some hot toddies out there in the parking lot. Get into the fridge. They'll have everything you need. And uh, just ask Kevin, the sexiest man in the liquor business in Manhattan, to warm up your toddies. Did People Magazine say that? Uh, no, uh, gopowercat.com. Okay. The sexiest man in the liquor business. It's a whole thing. Hmm. He will warm your toddies. Our segment, oh man, that just sounded really bad. Uh, our segments are brought to you by Tanner's. In the high-low, we spent a little time at Tanner's the other night, watched a little football, had a few beers, not many, not just many, a few. just a few, and then I was home in bed by 10 or something. Speak for yourself. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, you have a little bit more resilience right now than I do. I have not, none. I just can't. I felt lousy after three beers, but that comes with old age. We got some great questions, I'm told, particularly about basketball, Zach. There were so many. We were overwhelmed by basketball questions. We don't have any time for football. We already, what, well, we had one basketball question, and it was one we've already answered. I think. Okay. I think that was the gist of it. I, I, I didn't check that hard. There's a good football squad going on right now, you guys. A squad of fellas? I don't know what that was. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Shall we? That was just weird. That just came out. That, I have these personalities that just come out of me. Hey, uh, Ryan Gilbert, you're going to read the first half, I guess. Why don't you get going with that? Correct, I am. First from El Camino Cat. Was the game against West Virginia the best game that K-State has played this season? I think so. I think so. They were really good against Stanford. That's my. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I st- I, I but still, I think West Virginia is better than Stanford. I agree. Mm-hmm. I still think that the Stanford performance was better overall. And maybe that was just because low expectations, they exceeded expectations by a lot. And then if you look at the West Virginia game, there were still some spots where they need to improve. Yeah. Especially kicking. That was a big one. Offensively, they could do whatever they wanted against West Virginia. And that has not been the case with other teams against West Virginia. And that's one of the things that bugged me. We probably have a question about this. They could do whatever they wanted. And Courtney Messingham got conservative and didn't do much of anything for, I don't know, at least a full quarter of time, if not two. And finally, okay, we better put up another point, some points here and throws the ball down the seam. Well, what's so encouraging to me to answer this question, I do think it was the best that K-State's played all year. When you look at the fact that they blocked a punt, they scored it for a touchdown. They had one penalty for 10 yards. Incredible. I mean, you, you compare that to the Texas tech game and the games before that. I mean, seems like every drive there was at least one penalty. One penalty for 10 yards. There was a special team score. The defense played pretty good. I mean, you, you look at there was two straight drives where they get, they scored points. But other than that, they held them to 17. You would have told me that they're going to hold West Virginia to 17 points. I would have told you they're going to win. But when they scored that 17th point, West Virginia did, it was 24 to 17. And yeah. it Seventeen, and it felt like West Virginia was at least knocking on the door. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. They I were still, different. I still maintain that Stanford was a better game because Stanford was never knocking on the door. That's that true. one was thorough. It was 
unquestionable K-State was going to win that game pretty much from the get-go. I do think the opponent, though, plays a big factor in that. Like, I think West Virginia is a lot better. A, a lot better. Their I mean, record is so completely deceiving. They're going to absolutely house Texas this weekend. And then they have KU, I believe. Yeah. So they'll yep. finish 6-6 six and six, most likely make a bowl game. Yep. And they'll be at the Dallas Surf, the Surf Pro. Surf Pro, your basement flooded bowl. Right? That's what they do, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Zach, I will say that against Stanford, the Cardinal really gave up in the final, what, five or six minutes of that game, and they didn't even go for two when it was completely the more optimal yeah. optimal choice. So I would have to go West Virginia just because that team seemed to be bought in for 60 minutes, whereas Stanford kind of gave up on that game. Very good. Is that fair? That sure. is fair. You were very fair. Thank you. I, I would be curious to see what other people think. Someone uh, out there listening, open a thread at Wabash Station and see what other people think. That's a great least, question. At the very least, I think it's between those two games. Yeah. I don't think that you can throw KU or TCU. I think you or can Nevada. make an argument for TCU. Yeah. TCU's program was in a dumpster during that game. I can't throw that one in there. No, that's true. I'm, They're out I'm of running backs now. I mean, you can make an argument for Nevada if you want to make an argument for all those other games as well. Well, they, they did win with the backup quarterback in that game against sure. a pretty decent team. It's an under-the-radar game. Mm-hmm. From KSU number one, cheap shots on Skyler have to stop. Any chance the league office can get involved? You know, they won't. They need to. I really think, and I just did daily delivery on this. I think the player from uh, West Virginia, who's an Alabama transfer, actually, should be suspended for the rest of the season. I mean, they need to boil the targeting rule down to what it was supposed to be, to, to eliminate dangerous plays. Not accidental plays that end up being dangerous. And that was intentional. There's so there should be Cole, was it you that wanted the different degrees, mm-hmm. almost like an intentional yeah. foul in basketball? We about that, yeah. that should have been the most severe, which is an automatic prolonged suspension. Now I, I don't want the officials on the field deciding that. I want the Big Twelve to decide that. So it won't happen. They they don't want to work in that office that much. <clears throat> so I I mean, that was just so blatant, so obvious, and the malice was, you know, just apparent. He he was trying to injure Skylar Thompson. There was no other reason to do what he did than attempt to concuss the K-State quarterback. It's so frustrating because it feels like this is coming from somebody else. Right. These players, sure, do they they have an idea of personnel? Do they kind of know who's on the other side? Sure. But... There are coaches that know, hey, we the backup get, quarterback. We've got to get him out of the game. The backup quarterback is not as good as the starting quarterback. He is already injured. If we can get him out of the game, we have a chance to win. And I will even go this far. I don't know if this particular player was on the roster last year for West Virginia. I know he's an Alabama transfer, so there's a, there's a very well he may not have been. But this is the same West Virginia team that destroyed K-State with Will Howard at quarterback. Mm-hmm. They know. If you get that guy in the game, there's a significant drop-off. Yeah. At least they think there is. So, yeah, they're going to do everything they can to, even if they're not trying to hurt him, to try and get to him, to try and hit him, to try and make him uncomfortable. I get that's what you want to do in football is right. you want to try and— You want to be physical. Yes. You want to be physical within the realm and the the scope of the sport. A difference between being physical and being dirty. In the last three games— all of them have been dirty. And I know Chris Kleiman said when Skylar Thompson got pushed out of bounds, he didn't think that was a penalty. I think from the box, we almost had a little bit better view than he did on the sideline yeah. because we got to see. That was a dirty hit. I, I it, it wasn't about, you Wait, know. <clears throat> the push out of bounds? Yeah. You're saying you thought that was late too? Because yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't it late. Was it's not, intense, it w- but it's intense. No, nah, there was in the NFL, that is a penalty. It, 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 it's, it's been called Brady. in college. It's been yeah. called in college, too, because he was clearly headed out of bounds. I understand that the quarterback's not out of bounds, but it wasn't like he was running along the sideline and could turn it up. He was heading straight out of bounds with momentum, and you shoved him in the back. For the second time, for the, the second late hit. I, that, that has to be taken into consideration. I, by I the see why the refs didn't call it, but within the context of what's going on, and this gets back to the question, the Big 12 needs to be on top of this and say, hey, look, we're having what appears to be some intention to injure quarterbacks in this league outside of the scope of playing football, to, to hit someone late, to target them. That's going to stop, and we're going to be really strict on the enforcement of this. You've got to stop it. That's what the Big 12 could and should do at the next step, and they won't. They just won't. 
Now, if this was involving Texas, if people were were targeting the Oklahoma quarterbacks, yeah, they would step in. And this is my problem, ongoing problem with the Big 12 is they seem to have different rules for different schools. Uh, I'm really disturbed by this. Uh, I hope just calling it out will stop. But I want to be clear. Football is a violent sport. It People get hurt. And I'll, I'll go up, I'll back up a couple weeks here to Lawrence when Daniel Green absolutely waylaid Jason Bean. But it was a clean hit. It was in a context of a football play hit. It wasn't intended to injure him. He just injured him because he hit him so damn hard. Again, a little bit later, another quarterback, another perfectly legal hit, another injury. Injuries happen, but it's about intent and how you uh, how you exercise that intent. And that's what's going on here. I mean, I'm glad they're calling them penalties, but... There, there needs to be a little bit more bite to this. <clears throat> it, if that holds the same penalty for a ball carrier ducking his head down into the target area and Daniel Green clipping his helmet, as opposed to a guy flying through the air, pinning his arms back and thrusting his helmet into Skyler's helmet like a missile, that's the same penalty, then we got problems. The rule is broken. The rule's broken. The second a ball carrier ducks his head into the target zone, there's no targeting. There should never be targeting. If the ball carrier is initiating the contact or creating the contact by positioning, there's no, there's nothing there. And But contrary to that, if the ball carrier is lowering the crown of his helmet into a defender, that is targeting, and they never, ever call it. And that needs to stop, too. If this is really about player safety, then make it about player safety, not about some – this is – this is so typical. You make a rule, you everyone seems to understand the rule, and then slowly people morph the rule, and it becomes trash. It should be intent. It should be intent. It should be intent. If you are the guy who hits Skylar Thompson, that is targeting. That is intent to injure an opponent. If you're Daniel Green, who got called for a targeting penalty on probably one of his most solid form technique hits of the entire season. nothing wrong with it. I don't know what that official was looking at. No, but the the sad part is nobody would have been surprised if it would have been upheld Mm -hmm. because the rule is broken, but there was no intent. So my my beef with this rule is you should get ejected on a targeting penalty if there is intent, clear intent to injure or it is an excessive hit. Like, I'll be honest, the Justin Gardner block, the peel back block where he, he blocked the receiver after Rush Chiefs had the interception. It could have been a, it could have been a penalty. It should have been. Yeah. It very easily could have been targeting. And I don't think anybody would have had any come. Anybody would have had that much beef if he gets ejected because the intent is different than coming down and making a tackle. Look, I know football players want to hit people. That's why they play the sport. I mean, it's a, it's fun. But that particular play, that peel back, in which the guy is blindsided like that, there's no reason to throw that block. You don't need to hit him that that way. Just get in his way. That's all you got to do is screen him. And I know that's not fun and that's not football, but KSH really fortunate a penalty wasn't called on that because within the spirit of the rule, that can be a penalty. It should be intent, and if it is a normal targeting penalty without intent, it should be a personal foul, 15-yard penalty. If you want to review it, great. If you don't feel like you need to, that's fine. But if it's targeting, it should be an actual targeting penalty with intent to injure or a blatantly obvious leading with the head, Yep. and you should be ejected. But if not... If you if you have to if we have to sit up here and debate about it, just call it a fifteen yard penalty. Right. Just call it a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah, I think trying to sit there and look at a replay and determine the intent of a player most of the time is going to be difficult because most of them are they're just football plays. But I think you can put yourself into a position where your bad form was intent enough. Mm-hmm. That's my argument. You can be you can right. make. I agree you can, with that. There's, there may not be – it may not be a dirty or intentional play, but you having bad form became the intent there. But I think, yeah, it needs cleaned up, but I don't know what the, the right way to do it. I kind of like Cole's idea of, you know, flagrant one, flagrant two, that sort of thing, where you can where you can kind of clearly see. But I'm if you're going to sit there and de- determine, you know, and, and look at it, well, what did he mean here? You're just going to be – extending the game and that's not what you need to do i'm pretty clear on this i I feel like if you take one guy 
and you give him life in prison for that, they'll stop. Just give one guy life in prison. What are you in for? I hit a guy on a football field with my helmet. Okay. Ask Mason Rudolph how that would have turned out. <laughs> no more questions regarding that. <laughs> From Durya, he is new. He or she is new. Uh, could you spell that for me? D-U-R, yeah. Y-E-A-A. Which is also yeah. Would, could you give me an alternative meaning? Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't a spelling bee. <laughs> What's the country of origin? What's the country of origin? Yeah. That, okay. Welcome. Anywho. Welcome to the site. Welcome. Uh-huh. Uh, which seniors do you think are most likely to come back for a super senior season? And from El Camino Cat, who I think we all know, who is the traditional senior that would make the greatest impact to the team if they return next season as a super senior? Hmm. I'm going to answer this question right away and say um, the most likely to come back. I would say Timmy Horn. And I don't know. I know you guys talked to him today. Does he have a year? We were talking about this in the press box, and he played four years at Charlotte. So he has an extra year. Since he was voted captain, I bet they would want Isn't this? You know what's interesting is someone asked him about going through senior day, and he kind of tripped over it like, oh, I am? You know? I I think Mm. you might be right. He might be onto something. He... Look, I I look through this roster offensively. Josh Rivas isn't coming back. He's going to get paid. Yes. Noah Johnson time. already came back. Ben Adler. I, I I don't see many offensive linemen who have played a full career wanting to come back for more and, injuries. And they have, they have Taylor Taylor Potier for yeah. right guard. Yeah, and I mean Noah didn't play. He sat out a full year after transferring, so he got a little rest in there. Defensively, Timmy Horn or Eli Huggins would. I think top my list. They would take both of them back. Yeah. I think Timmy Horn is most likely to come back between those two though. I don't uh, I don't I don't know anything for sure, but when you're voted the captain your first year, I would imagine you would want to have a little bit something else left in the tank. I I would I don't think he has a year, but Rush East is I kinda got a crush on him. God he plays hard. I don't think he has a I don't think he has a year either. And neither does Stubblefield who Which is a shame. Fans absolutely love. Stubblefield is a throwback for me. He just kind of plays football with a level of passion that you don't always see now. But it reminds me of a Chris Canty type guy who, Kansas State's Chris Canty, that really gets fired up for making plays. He's going to play on Sundays. I think he will. Yeah. he He's good enough in coverage mm-hmm. to hold up in the NFL. I mean, if you're looking at a guy like A.J. Parker who can play in the NFL— I gotta admit, I'm still a little surprised at that. He's playing for the Lions, granted, but he still has a he's playing. He has a role, a starting role in that defense. I mean, same thing with Duke Shelley. I know Duke Shelley was a solid player, but these guys, you have a chance to play. I think Reggie will have a chance to play. He's also a great tackler. Um, so it is a shame that he won't come back. But I, I look at Timmy Horn to answer El Camino Cat's question. The biggest impact if he comes back. Is Kansas State Zach, you guess Landry Weber? He'll be back. I Doubt it. I bet you he gets he has a four point in accounting or something. And we'll Cade Warner would the staff want Weber back? I think yeah, I think from a think leadership so? okay. special teams standpoint, special teams and, yeah. And um, okay. I gotta be honest here. I I suspect we're going to see some transfers out of that receiver core. I just don't. I don't know. Just a gut feeling. There's not no tangible evidence of that for me, but. You know, we haven't seen this from Kansas State yet. We've had one guy go into the portal midseason, which is kind of low for everyone else. I mean, people, when when players hit the transfer portal this year, if there's seven or eight of them, that's common. Mm-hmm. That's a decent number. You have rosters getting decimated out there. What happened to Buffalo was unbelievable. I mean, how many KU takes 750 players from Buffalo? <laughs> It was really had a big impact. Um, but one of the Baylor starting offensive linemen is from Buffalo. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, but I do say I do think this. If you line up all of the guys that came through the portal and the success they're having and what they're saying about their experience, Kansas State could really turn itself into a destination for portal players. If you've got the right personality, the right character, and honestly play the right positions, you can find success and playing time here immediately. I, I, you're, you hit the nail on that. Really, the only one that we haven't seen make an impact is Eric Munoz. And Which I, we knew from the start. And it, he was always going to be a depth guy. That was a weird, weird thing. I didn't even – when we watched his film, I didn't even think he was a depth guy. I mean, I He really isn't. He hasn't really seen the field at all. 
So he's got two eyes. Come on. There we go. <laughs> Don't die. Gills is gonna go. Gills is okay. Gets me every time. Uh, from CW Power Cat. When was the last time K State had a running had a running backs room this deep? It seems like having Jacardier Wright and DJ Giddens as the third and fourth stringers is a luxury they haven't had in a long time. Speaking of transfer portal, this is the problem. This is the problem right now with the portal. If you're Joe Irvin and you're that effective on a regular basis, it's not that you're not being given a chance. You just don't have a chance because the guy in front of you is so damn good and is so valuable in so many areas of the team. Um, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see one or two running backs hit the portal too, but it is deep. But it will continue to be deep. I'm going to say something wild. I think the college running back is about to go the same direction as the NFL running back. They're not that hard to find a guy that can be effective enough. Deuce Vaughn, pretty special. There's other guys in this league that are pretty special. But in terms of depth for a room for guys that can step on the field and play, you can find them. James Gilbert, Jordan Brown, Harry Trotter. Perfect. Yeah. Could you imagine if Keon Mosey was still on the team? It's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. And I wish he was because they'd have a role for him. I that, really believe that, that. Well, I I still in my heart believe he should have been put at receiver. And I don't know if it was him or the coaches who wouldn't do it, but I, I haven't I've I'm really having problems understanding how they've been so worried about receiver depth and yet they don't really seem to move anyone into that position. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to say, okay. Well, let's try this guy there. Maybe they do, and we just don't know about it. I think uh, you, you talk about Joe Irvin in the transfer. I, I actually think if you're Joe, you have to look at this as a different way. There is a good chance. Now, you 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 all might disagree with me, but next year could be Deuce Vaughn's last year at K State. I mean, realistically, he could look at the thing. He could look around and say, "I'm an NFL running back," because I believe that Deuce Vaughn can play in the NFL. Is. I don't think he is. But I still think he might test that out. I don't think he would after his junior year. There's a chance, I, though, right? I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And then you would have two, year, two full years. A Darren Sproles-type player has to play in college for four and now maybe even five years, I think, and get taken later than the third round. I don't think Deuce is going to be taken before uh-huh. the third round. But with if the lifespan of any... running backs in the NFL. I'm telling you, yeah, but my thing is... I understand why he would want to. I don't think it's tangible because these comparisons to Darren Sproles are unfair to him for two reasons. One, he's not as good. He's just not. I mean, Darren Darren had a level of special that just hasn't been seen. And two, Darren's a much bigger player. <laughs> Darren's small in stature, but he is a block and Deuce is strong, but he's not as thick as Darren Sproles was. He's if, gonna he's really gonna have problems. If Deuce becomes the returner next year and <clears throat> That's what returns touchdown returns kicks for touchdowns like Malik can and like Phillip Brooks can, then yeah, maybe he has a bit of a chance. But just as a I mean, he's a good college running back, don't get me wrong, but finding a role for him in the NFL for multiple years, I think he's probably better served just sticking it out in college. Great. And Am I the only one who kind of disagrees with this question? I mean, Jacardier Wright has even carried the football at all since fumbling it. Yeah, well, yeah, did. that's he what I was. One game. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Gills. Yeah, he's, he did. he's when Joe was hurt, he played. He's or sick. So I mean, Jacardier and string hurt. Jacardier and DJ Giddens, they rarely play. Giddens it's hasn't played. It's either. basically no. just because they put in what chippers for yeah uh, the KU game at mm-hmm. the end. So they they literally play Deuce and Joe Irvin. I do think there's potential there. with. I I, I truly believe if you were down to a situation like you had last year where half of your running back room has COVID, half of your running running back room is out, I don't think they miss that big of a – there's that big of a drop-off with Jacardier, right? No, I I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying – talking about the depth when they don't even play you know mm-hmm. what if I mean? they were that good they'd play yeah i, I disagree with that i no, disagree the coaching staff had enough faith in them they'd play. I, well that's there's some truth to that but deuce just takes up too many carries yeah and they don't play not because they're not good enough they're just not better than deuce right or better than joe both but, are very good special both of those guys are special there's no doubt in my mind i think joe Irvin could be the lead back at every other big 12 school besides maybe texas and iowa state 
with Greasall and Bijan yeah. and Bijan Robinson. I I'm still just mystified why they're not finding ways to get Deuce and Joe on the field together. They've done it very rarely. Now that you can put Deuce in the slot and use him as a receiver, it, you know, Coach Clement talked about it. He's a great decoy. Then freaking use him as a decoy more often. Put him in the slot, hand the ball to Joe. Have they done that once this season? I don't think so. They put him on the field together, but I don't think – I think they threw the ball with Joe in the mm-hmm. game. It's crazy. Last question of the first half is from Pickles. K-State currently has – only three, only won three games against FBS teams at home. Does this make the season seem lackluster despite shaping up to be pretty decent? Mm, no. No. I. You just got to understand the context of K-State football right now. Since the drop-off following 13-14, yeah, that this team doesn't compete at the highest levels. Now, can they beat Oklahoma? Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, they they. Did it back-to-back season? Sure. But on a consistent basis, the roster isn't to the point where it needs to be. And honestly, they don't have enough athletes. Uh, how, can I, how can I say this? I'm going to put this out there. Iowa State is too talented for Kansas State. Is was too good of a football team, particularly on the day they came to Manhattan, for Kansas State. There's other teams that Kansas State's a better football team than that have more talent. I might include West Virginia in that. And that explains why they're beating some teams that K-State isn't beating. They, th- This team, people aren't appreciating how well coached they've become. We all see the, the things that drive us crazy. The play calling once in a while. The, the defense getting too flat at other times. We all see it. We get it. But in terms of talent and depth, it just isn't on this roster. And my... My example of that would be you have three transfer portal guys starting in your secondary. That tells you that the that room was trash. And it there continues to be some serious depth problems at corner. They're going to have to go find more guys. There, there will be at least two, if not three, transfer portal secondary players. They just don't have the depth right now to compete. Can they rise up and beat an Oklahoma, an Oklahoma State, or or Iowa State? Yeah. But you were going to beat Iowa State on the day they were here. They were good. That was a good Iowa State. That was good Brock Purdy. They haven't seen bad Brock Purdy in a few years now. They'll get there. They will. The more comfortable that this defense gets in the system, the better they have played. Yeah. And that might sound obvious. And I know people have talked on our message boards about, oh, we weren't going to beat Oklahoma State or, oh, we weren't going to do this. We weren't going to do that. I truly believe if you replace the three-game schedule in the beginning with TCU, Kansas, and West Virginia, with how this defense is playing now, K-State will have a – and then you you put those three games that they had at the beginning in Oklahoma State, Oklahoma and Iowa State right now. So say they're getting ready to play – or say they just finished up the three games. I think there's a good, there's a better than good chance that they win at least one of those games. And I think early on in the season they still do have a potential chance to go three and zero. I think I think the point of what I'm saying is the more comfortable this defense is getting, yeah. the better they played, and we've seen the results. And, and I mean, the defense was the reason they lost those three games. Mm-hmm. I'll put this out there though: you're catching Texas at the right time. You caught West Virginia at the right time. Mm-hmm. Baylor, this is good. I don't think we appreciate how good Baylor is. This is a significant test for Kansas State. And this will kind of prove your point. This team is comparable to the teams you mentioned that K-State opened the schedule with. And if they can compete on Saturday with them and beat them, that will prove your point. Mm -hmm. I think K-State just got completely unlucky with that three-game stretch of Oklahoma State, OU, Iowa State, where they lose all three. And it just seems like... The whole season's just dire. You're three and three. Now you have this uphill climb to try getting, you know, back to where you think the team should be. Well, now they've won four in a row. I think they have a decent chance against Baylor, and they've got a really good chance against Texas. They didn't even know where to line up against Oklahoma and Iowa. Yeah, they really Oklahoma did. State and Oklahoma. They didn't yeah. even know where to line up. Now it, it's a it's much it's a much more well oiled machine. I yeah. I just think that if they had the defense now that they had. That and, and you take that back the last few weeks, there's a better chance they have a better chance at winning those games. I'm not saying they do, but they have a better chance. I mean, if you reshuffle the schedule around, yeah. yeah. I think 
you can see a very different schedule, a very different result. Well, and then I'll tell you this, I'm damn glad they're catching Texas when they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. So you shuffle things around, that might change. And I'm interested to see by the end of the season. But if you just reverse the result of one of those games, say, you know, OSU, Oklahoma, Iowa State, you reverse one. Would that be enough to put K State in the Big Twelve Championship? It game? could. Because it would. Because I be. think it very well could, could could happen if if they obviously they have to beat Baylor, they have to beat Texas, right? But it would. It'd put them in there. This game's huge for Baylor. Yeah. This game is enormous for Baylor. They need someone. If Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and Baylor can win out, it's Oklahoma State and Baylor in the title game. It's incredible to think about. It'd be the greatest thing for the Big Twelve, the future Big Twelve, to have that happen. But. Um, case it's not that far off, boy, they got a lot of work to do in recruiting. And maybe that comes through the transfer portal. That is part of recruiting now. that it? You got something on your mind there, Gills? A little bit. I want to disagree. Play devil's advocate. You can't be seeking comfort with these games being in the first three of the season. I mean, if K-State played TCU a week later, K-State loses. No doubt in my mind about that. They got Texas at a lucky time for the last one of the season. So I think Skylar Thompson's injury, you guys haven't mentioned that at all. If that doesn't happen, K-State's going to be playing in the Big 12 title game. I believe that. But it happened. Such is life in the college football world. But I'm not going to nitpick this schedule and say if this game were here and that game were there, it changed anything. This is a Big 12. You've got to play every game, every team once. I'm not going to look into it too much. Hey, they had an opportunity at Oklahoma State that was squandered. And maybe it was because they didn't have their number one quarterback or they just didn't do what they needed to do. But that was an opportunity. It really was. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast. Went a little bit long there, but I think it was quality. And that's what we're after. We're after quality. Except in the second half, we're going to totally screw around. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert, right here in the GPC studio, adjacent to the stadium, if adjacent is about a half mile. Hmm. Segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Make sure you support all of our local businesses, and we appreciate all the local businesses that support us as a fellow local business. That got a little, little confusing. A lot of local businesses there. But make sure when you come to town on Saturday, you hop into an Aggieville establishment or a downtown establishment or something else that's locally owned. There's some great chains. I get it. You like them. Sometimes you come to the big city, and you want to go to a pizzeria place that is on the west side of town come on zach you I, know exactly what i'm talking i was about. only halfway listening i heard pizzeria on the west side of town and i can only assume what it is i wasn't listening well, to the first half of that well, i was trying not to, a new one i was trying I'll tell to tell you that it's not it's not the it salad have, dressing it doesn't it? have a new building well, it has a new building. Oh, it has a new building. Yeah. Well, like last but September. It's, it's, not, it's not the new version of this place. It's the old version. Anyhow, I love that place. Dressing, right? I the love that dressing. place. Good food, good good everything about it. But it's it's a chain. Please support your local businesses. They've been hurting. They need all the help they can get. But what if Gills went back to go deliver pizzas? Oh, man. 
Gills is a highly skilled bartender that is now using his skills at a local establishment that is not a sponsor of this podcast because they get their liquor from someplace else in the fridge. And why do they do that? I don't know. But make sure you get all your liquor from the fridge like a real man. Fun fact, when we run low, we'll go to the fridge. That's happened a couple of times. Really? If the other place doesn't supply enough. The other place doesn't have the wide selection. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly fridge. as big. It's, it's very not small. nearly as big. And in all honesty, it's kind of aimed at um, <laughs> at uh, stocking up for bars and then also selling cheap beer to college students. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, here we go. Your uh, Cole Carmody's taking over the reading of the, done. the questions because Gills decided to cuss. Throughout that first segment, I had to cuss cuss. I had to take out bad cuss words as opposed to the good ones throughout that entire 30 minutes. I mean, I would have been bleeping forever. The guy has a potty mouth. Cole is a good Christian boy. Here he goes. From Adam K 63. Ah, that jackass. What is the solution to (laughs) filling the stadium? Uh, Fill in like get more people there. Correct. Blow up everyone's television. Attendance is a big issue around the country for sporting events because the technology for broadcasting is pretty damn good. And um, I think uh, FS1 and ESPN with their lower channels are doing a good job of making sure people want to go back to the stadium and not listen to crappy announcers. Uh, we did have a question about that. Okay. Well, I'll, kind of. well I'll, okay. I'll just stop right when there. I say, when I say question, there was a question about, would you rather listen to Tim Brando on TV or have remote announcers. I didn't include remote it. Announcers. I didn't include it. I would rather listen to a a, uh, a bunch of cows fart than listen to Tim Brando. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm counting down the days till the overtime comes back. I know. I don't. You know, I'm so thankful that K State didn't expand to sixty thousand seats. Can you imagine how bad that would look? And maybe someday they'll. Add in a corner here. You know, that's what is it? The southeast side might be primed for that, for adding in a corner there. But I don't think they're going to need to. And here's my thing. And this is the same theory I would apply to Kansas when they rebuild. I mean, this this scheme they have for 60, 65,000 seats is just ridiculous. Keep your stadium small. Keep it cozy. Keep it packed and loud. And make a premium on your tickets when you are good, because you're not always going to be good. None of these programs are going to be Oklahoma or Oklahoma, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Nebraska, you know, where everyone's so bought in and the tradition's so rich. It's just that's not the way it works. What killed Kansas State last weekend was pheasant season. Really? Like it's part of the culture in western Kansas. It's a huge part of the economy in the state. And it's not just I want to get up and hunt. It is I've got twelve friends from out of state that have come here, or my land has been leased by some rich guys from New York to come pheasant hunting. It's there's a I personally think K State should request a road game every opening day of pheasant season. I I never I've seen knew it that, over and over. I never knew that this was a big deal. Plus, this was the lowest attended game since 2009, right. excluding COVID. That's that, that's the gist of this question. The attendance was so bad for the at, at Saturday's game for the first time in 12 years. It was hey, the Ryan lowest. Lackey, ever. I I challenge you. Uh Ryan Lackey's a football sports information director to go back research attendance and pheasant season openings. At Kansas State, because there is a correlation. This is not the first time it's happened, but you're right. That crowd was awful. Awful. And I thought it was interesting. Kleiman said, why am I pointing at you guys with my pen? I thought it was interesting. Kleiman complimented the crowd because, again, you've got to make sure you say this. The fans that were there were awesome. Mm-hmm. There just weren't. There was 43,000. Someone said 30. There was that stadium was pretty full, but it was it was more full than some of the fake attendance numbers given during the later Snyder years. Right. I will say too that it was cold. I was just to be honest. It was the first colder colder weekend that we've had. It was cold. It was 11 a.m. and it was West Virginia. Yeah. Well, here's what bothers me about K State fans. They proclaim to be the number one college town in the country right. and the best fans and all this. Who cares if it's 40 degrees? You should show up if you're cold or not. I, I don't. That's a, that is I something agree. that's going on that, you know, it wasn't that long ago where you, it was a no-brainer. Oh, the game's going to be sub-zero? Well, we got to dress for that. 
Yeah, I gotta gotta save some bread wrappers to put them around my feet underneath my socks. All of those tricks. I don't see people doing that anymore it, because it's because you can just leave and go out to the stadium and drink a beer in the parking lot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. If you get cold and so. you warm up outside in your car, and then if the game's not good enough, you don't have to come back. Back to the question. You know what they can do to... Um, why are you pointing at me? I don't know. I don't know why Put I'm Put the pen that. down. Well, it's very aggressive. <laughs> um, is win. Just keep winning. K-State fans haven't fully engaged yet after the end of Snyder. or And I count the end. Well, when did they play Vanderbilt? 16? 17. 17? So at yep. Vanderbilt, 2017. Yeah. Oh. Well, that was the end of the Snyder era for me. And, and I've said it over and over. That's when the crowd, when the fan base said, okay, I'm not quite as committed as I was. If I'm going to spend that money to go to Nashville and you guys are going to act ill-prepared and disinterested in playing a bad football team, I'm not doing it anymore. And I think they lost a lot of fans right there. And honestly, they're probably fans that um, were along for the good times that maybe weren't um, alumni. Or, you know, not that invested. It was just great to go. Hasn't been fun. Haven't won at the same levels. And I think it will return. I truly believe Chris Kleiman's going to get this program going. I don't know if it'll ever return to the heyday. I don't know if the the landscape of college football will allow a Kansas State to be as successful as the Wildcats were for a long span under Bill Snyder. It's almost impossible. Hell, it was almost impossible when he did it. I don't know if it'll ever return to there. But I do think this program will start competing for Big 12 titles as long as they continue to leverage the transfer portal until they can shore up their damn recruiting, which is ongoing problem. It's going to be a major issue if they don't get it going. I actually think there's going to be a lot of people at this game against Baylor. There should be. You look I disagree. At- it's supposed to be a beautiful day. Yeah. But and the thing is, Thanksgiving break starts on Friday. There's a good chunk of students that are going to, they're going to head back home. Despite this game on And that's Saturday. interesting because that's a cultural thing, too, because, yeah, would some students leave for Thanksgiving break when K-State football is rolling? Yeah, but they always had enough students to fill that section. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. It will but be noticeable. When are they, when are they closing the dorms? Are they doing the thing where they close them at Saturday, 8 a.m. or whatever? I think the dorms stay open. Until. Are they? I think they keep them open now. They yeah. keep them open they now. Because that used to be the problem. They would shut the dorms down. I've never understood that. Whatever. You have international students. Where the hell are they supposed to go? I've yeah. never have understood that. I don't know. When's the last time the student section was filled? 100%. I can't even remember that, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. At, the students at Kansas State, um, I don't want to say they take it for granted, but I don't think they fully understand how fortunate they are to have the number of student tickets they have and the quality of seats mm-hmm. that they have access to. It's not seen almost anywhere else. The one thing K-State basketball has going is their their student section. Their fans are probably a little more loyal than football. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy to me. I don't know. It's less time commitment. No no weather. No alcohol involved, usually. Smaller student section. Yeah. Well, yeah. And with all that said, the K-State students that do show up at football and basketball are absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're incredible. Second question comes from Wagcat. Of K-State's bull possibilities – Staff rank the stack rank the Go Powercat staff's order of preference based on any rationale you want. I think there's a typo oh in there. Oh my either god! Way. Stack rank, it's fine. Stack rank. I've never stack or that. rank. I don't know. I don't That's have the fine. list. This is what do, I we need. can. We can wait. What do you want? Yeah, I can go off the top of my head. Oh, okay. I got this. Oh, I, I used to be able to do this. Okay. I think for <laughs> for this we're gonna do this team. For this team, it's certainly Orlando is number one. Right. Yes. Because nope. K State's never been to Orlando, and that is the it's, a fr- uh, it's the Cheez-It Bowl. The, the it's the new Cheez-It, Cheez-It Bowl. Bowl. Do you the guys old... like Cheez-Its? Yes. You, nah. nah. Okay. It depends. I cycle through. I'm a goldfish guy, <sighs> but sometimes I get tired of goldfish. I'll eat some Cheez-Its, but I'll also eat some cheese nips. Oh my God! You are a radical. <laughs> so yeah, I'll eat if it's if it's orange and cheesy, I'll eat it. So you're saying K-State to the Orange Bowl. Okay. Well, I'll let Donald Trump know that. I said cheesy. <laughs> so selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, anything but the Texas Bowl. I disagree. No, I, disagree I disagree 100%. Anything but the Liberty Bowl. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So what? what's next below the Orlando, boy, we're all going to get a tan cheesy bowl? It's Texas. Now, if we're talking realistic possibilities, Texas. Well, what I appreciate about the Texas Bowl is they don't want a sponsor. 
You know who their sponsor is? They do. Freedom. It's, it's NRG. Mer- it's Mercari, oh. I believe. Well, they're not paying but, enough to get their name in the pool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing it again. It used to be Academy. <laughs> Last few years. Uh, and that game is on January 4th, right? Correct. Correct. That works best with our schedule, but not for Cole, apparently. Let's make this all about Why not Cole? Because Cole is uh, going to be out of pocket during that time frame. He will be unavailable to attend the Texas Bowl. <clears throat> he will be sipping margaritas. That Gil served him? No. No. Mm. Ah, no, that an actual... Wow. Actual that person, so southern, rude. south of the border. I'll Are you taking your wallet with you? <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing it's all paid for. Okay, so Texas is next, and then uh, what? what the Alamo got? Bowl. Well, I don't think Alamo's particularly realistic. No. In case they have to lose out for that. Who? Would case they'd have to lose out to get in the Alamo? No, no, no. They'd have to do the rever- They'd have to, to win, win out, it. and they need to win a magical extra game that's not on their schedule to be okay. assured of the Alamo. Yeah, usually that'll be the the loser of the championship if, game. If K State wins out, and uh, I'm drawing a blank. If if K State wins out, and the Big Twelve gets two teams into the New Year's Six, they probably wouldn't get one in the playoff. But if they have two in the top twelve. And if somehow they can, if Baylor, if ba- Baylor would probably need to be the team that falls off here, they well, beat Baylor. Maybe they make the Alamo Bowl. That's but it's it's a maybe. Sorry, what were Doesn't you Baylor have Kansas still? No, hey, no, I don't know. I don't know who Baylor has left. Oh, it's Texas Tech. It's the butt game. Oh, it's yeah. the butt game. So realistically, you're looking at the Cheez It Bowl. You're looking at the Texas Bowl, and then you get down to the next is Liberty. The Liberty Bowl. Yeah. I would put guaranteed rate bowl above the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, but I think, think I think that K State is out if, of that bowl. If I think anyone they're better from than the that. Liberty Bulls listening, I'm just going to say this in the kindest way possible. We have enjoyed our time coming to Memphis. Memphis is fun. It has its charms. Shitty barbecue. No, I'm not bleeping that out because that is a fact. But. Um, I don't think you'll see many K-State fans there. They just need something different. I would love to see Florida because I think that helps your recruiting base. How many times have you talked about that, Fitz, getting back into Florida? Yep, I agree. That would be huge. Now, my downside of that is the cost of covering the the Orlando. Anything in Florida over the holidays, hmm, that's where everyone's going. Ching, ching. I'm glad we're making that YouTube money. Yeah, it's at least 100 bucks a month. That's a lot uh, okay. now. So we got a couple flights. So transitioning then into the next question from Wizard six two nine four. What bull matchups or destination possibilities are you most excited about? I think you look at it for at least for the Cheez It Bowl. Maybe Clemson. I would love to see. Yeah, that. the, the, the Cheez It Bowl would clearly be my number one choice here because there's more variety of yeah. available opponents. When we start talking about the Texas Bowl or Liberty Bowl, that is an SEC opponent. It seems like we're getting recycled through Mississippi State and Arkansas and all the same teams because they're in the West and that's where they want to send them, as opposed to maybe a Tennessee or a – I don't even know. That's who I want to – if K-State's playing an SEC team, I want them to play Tennessee. I think that's probably the best matchup, at least for excitement and something new. So if K-State loses one of their remaining two games, there's a good chance they'll end up in this Jesus Bowl. Correct? No, they, have to they win need out. to. They need to win as many yeah. games as Cheez It is number one. Texas is two. I said if they go two and zero, well, the last two games, Alamo's above. Alamo's above. Alamo's above Cheez It, but that's really unrealistic at this point. If they win out, yeah, I think Cheez It's really a, a distinct possibility. If they go one and one, it's probably Texas. If they go zero and two, it still could be Texas, just based on recency and maybe the Liberty Bowl says, yeah. Probably not K State, and then if they fall to the guaranteed rate bowl, do you really want to go there, or would you rather just go play? Uh, if you're going to play in a lesser bowl like the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, why not just go one below and just say we're going to play in the Surf Pro Bowl or the the yeah, military well, bowl? You want the best bowl possible. I know what the uh, players will say. I uh, get that. I and the the opposite of my Liberty Bowl theory on fan attendance, Orlando would be enormous. I agree. I don't know how fans would get there. There'd probably someone to be back chartering flights, which was done in the early days of K-State football. You'd just charter flights and fill them with K-State fans and get them there. Maybe that's what would take place. I'm not sure. Um, and a lot of people would just drive. 
So it's ACC in the Cheez-It Bowl? Yes. So you got Pitt. Or Notre Dame, if they lose anything. Uh, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, yeah, they could, I guess, theoretically. But I don't, if what they about, start I don't, losing. Yeah, Wake, if they start losing. Wake Forest, that could be a possibility if Wake Forest loses that on is, Saturday. That is a real possibility. Yeah. I mean, Wake Forest, Pitt. I think that the Cheez-It Bowl is actually the number two bowl. I think that that is the number two bowl for ACC right now. Mm. That goes I, I would love New that. Year's Six playoff, and then I think you could potentially place you could potentially play the ACC championship loser in the Cheez It Bowl. Mm. So Wake, so potentially Wake, Clemson, Clemson, Pitt. Is that it? Probably. Which North Carolina? Maybe maybe Virginia, maybe NC State, but. Uh, North Carolina is projected for the Holiday Bowl. Okay. And yep. How's that, how's that for travel? Whew. That should be a Big 12 Bowl. I wish I'd get it back. I really do. Next question from 3G Wildcat. Ignoring media perception for a minute, I feel like the new Big 12 will be a competitive league and fun to watch. Absolutely. Agree or disagree? Absolutely. I'm so fired up for the new. I'm so sick of Texas. Texas made me root for KU on Saturday. Isn't that wild? I'm bitter. Lucha Taco was going crazy on Saturday cheering for KU. It was awesome. I, to see. I appreciate you not naming the business. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm just fed up with both of them at this point, and I think it would just be unbelievable if Oklahoma didn't make the title game this year. After all of this, all this talk about quarterbacks, he's going to win the Heisman. Oh, now the backup's going to win the Heisman. All that gets shoved aside. I hope Iowa State drills them into the ground, even though I want Iowa State to lose. I would like both teams to lose, but that's not – I'm told that's not possible. Mm. Well, Did just, you watch Pittsburgh-Detroit yeah. over the weekend? Because no. I liked that. Um, but I do think Oklahoma State will beat Oklahoma. <laughs> I think Oklahoma State's – They're legit. Now, we talk about going back to the first half. Kansas State actually caught Oklahoma State when they could beat them, but they just didn't have their quarterback. And now I think Oklahoma State, even though they've lost along the way – is a much better football team. That defense is unbelievable. I think Texas losing to KU just cements everything. I don't care if Oklahoma wins out and they win the Big 12 championship. I really don't. I think the the perception of Texas and Oklahoma is hurt because right. Texas lost to KU. I, and that's all that matters in no, my opinion. No, I, I don't disagree with that. It's weird, but it, I, it stains Oklahoma because too because they've tied themselves to the Texas. They're grouped together. No matter what happens, they're grouped together. And they did it to them. They did it to themselves. Would Oklahoma get in the SEC without Texas? Yes, sure. I don't think so. I don't know. Well, well they would need one other, right? Well, it would be Oklahoma State probably, but I don't yeah. think it happens. I think the I think the SEC took Texas and Oklahoma, not Texas and Oklahoma. I don't disagree with that, but I think that OU could have gotten in the SEC on merit alone. I don't think they needed Texas. But merit only lasts you so long. That's. Oklahoma's been good. Gills is still Oklahoma. All of his merit badges. He wears them. <laughs> Oklahoma is the one that's been in the the college football playoff. Yeah. They're they're the bell cow. Let's we Oklahoma's can talk about Texas. Good. We can talk about Texas being the one that runs the show and the politics. OU's the one that shows up on, on the, the field. field. So <laughs> back to the question. I'm really excited and I hope that Kansas State football is thriving at the time those schools come in because I'll be honest. I miss what we saw in Arlington when you're on the road, and granted it was a neutral site game, but and you have 15,000 K-Staters at the game. Mm-hmm. That is a cool part of the K-State football culture that Bill Snyder built is the amount of people that would cross state lines to go see football games. And I would be thrilled to see those type of crowds go to Orlando and Provo and Cincinnati I mean, Houston's going to get crowds because it's adjacent to so many K-Staters. I I think those those are fun trips. I remember the first time we went to West Virginia and so many K-Staters showed up. And how just in awe West Virginia fans were of the number and the passion of those fans and, and the courtesy and politeness of the fans. It's not like they're Michigan fans and they overrun a city and they're jackasses to everyone. Um, you know, K-State, K-State fans are down for a good time. Oh, you got moonshine at your tailgate. I'm in. That's not going to happen in Provo, but you get my point. No, I'm really excited, and I hope they keep going. I hope they identify the four more schools that fit with this conference, wants to be, 
and brings them in. And I hope that includes a Western move to to add to BYU. I think K-State's going to enter the new Big 12 at the right time. I think that the program's on the up on the upside and they're going to hit it just right when they're hit when you know when they need to. But I don't think it's going to be as competitive as we hope. I think that UCF, I think maybe even Houston, they're going to come in and they're going to be bottom half and maybe even down there with Kansas. I don't know. You know, I, I think that there's going to be at least one team, and I, I think it's probably UCF that's just a complete, I don't want to say joke, but just not earning their keep or earning their invite. Why did we invite them kind of team? Somebody's got to lose. I, yeah, somebody's got to lose. And Nobody says that in these meetings about expansion, do they? And I think and I think that UCF's going to be fine with that to an extent. They're, they're recruiting you know, a good yeah, body. It's fine. Um, it could know, be Cincinnati. I think, I think Cincinnati, yeah, it could be. But I think Cincinnati's going to be at least for those first couple of years, I think they're going to be competing. How long does Luke Fickle stay at Cincinnati? Yeah. I mean, seriously, there's going to be some job openings this year. Is it being in the Big 12 enough to keep him from jumping to I don't know where? But there's there's some big programs that are going to have openings. There's going to be this is going to be a fun off season to watch the shuffling. Chris Kleiman could keep climbing uh, the ranking of when they were hired. After yeah. this season, or even after OU leaves, I would say this. I would think Mike Gundy's stock is the highest it's ever been. He's flirted with some jobs that I didn't understand because I never thought he was a good coach, but I think he's developed into a really good coach. And I know he's talked to LSU in the past, but I don't, you know, I, he could end up somewhere. Well, it'll be curious. But no, I'm fired up for the new Big 12. Zach, I don't want to necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but the talent gap between, you know, UCF or Houston. Versus it being Oklahoma, Texas, now that we've got what? I don't know, Baylor, Oklahoma State, whoever the top teams are going to be. That gap is shrinking so much. So I don't I don't necessarily see a team being 1-8, and eight, you know, 0-9 oh like Kansas is being just because there's going to be a real chance to beat any team on any given night now. I, 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 I know Texas kind of sucks this year. I don't see it. So, I don't see it as. So I don't see it as. I don't see it as less ta- talent coming in to replace Oklahoma and Texas. I see it as one of these teams is going to come in, and they're just going to be the loser. Mm-hmm. That's just what's going to happen. They're going to be an expansion team, like any professional league, up until the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, apparently, you, you somebody's going to suck. You so. want to know who I think is going to suck? If they lose their coach, it's going to be Iowa State. <laughs> Uh, honestly, it's going to be really hard for them to. They've got the right guy that can get guys, but if if um, if he leaves, and you know, honestly, there's some guys up there that K State needs to hire. It's, it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be a really fun off season. For the last question of the podcast from K Ned, did you see the latest SEC shorts with the shot taken at Texas? Oh if so, God. how many Texas donors do you suppose thought themselves a big enough deal to request YouTube to take down the video? Double digits? Did they take it down? No. No. Can no. we first it's, get it's a little it. background because I don't know what's going on? SEC Shorts is the local theater company in Birmingham, Alabama, started this up. I don't know. It's been going a long yeah, time. At least three or four years, if and not longer. Now, Zach joked about our YouTube revenue. These people are making full-time, big-time money off of this YouTube channel. It's like a Saturday Night Live cast of it's like a, actors. A, they do a sketch every week. They do so a it's sketch not affiliated week. with SEC. No. No. Okay. no. But Kirk Herbstreet doesn't add on their... Yeah, it doesn't add for an area for bank. bank. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're getting some cash, some serious cash, probably from sponsorship and and their their traffic because these people are talented. The guy, the main guy, is hysterical. He's so good at what he does, and this one was just awesome. Uh, the The theme of this one was, um, you had to come by an office and pick up your L. <laughs> so, so this little clerk woman was taking taking all doing all the paperwork, and uh, she called on Mississippi State, and Auburn was there. Why are you here? Because they blew their big lead, and then Texas got rolled in by Oklahoma in a full body cast. Yeah, Oklahoma's looking around. <laughs> they should have gotten an L. Did they ever get their L in that one? Just Texas got the L? Well, they got sent down the hallway because the Big 12 office is down the hallway. Oh. <laughs> it, it, they're brilliant. They really are. They're really well done. They put a lot into it, but I, I am curious how much money they make off their channel. It's got to be significant. People watch it. Yeah. We appreciate you listening to the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat Questions podcast. We'll be back later in the week with the 
pregame podcast, and of course we have the postgame review podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to all of our podcasts. Find us on Apple, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, and make sure you check out our YouTube channel where all of our daily deliveries, a little secret, they go up earlier there. Because we've got a content schedule at the site. We just don't throw everything up at once, and but we have to put it into YouTube early. And there it is. And I don't feel like scheduling it for later, so yep. watch it early. Yep. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you listen to our pregame podcast, because this one, this game's pretty damn big. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.